The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeals Sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our world-traveling uh, Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, Jason is just back from St. Louis, where the Tigers suffered their first loss of the season, 90-84. to uh, Very entertaining game uh, between what appeared to be two pretty good teams. Um, so, uh, lots to get to in this week's episode. We'll break down the St. Louis result. We'll talk recruiting. The early signing period is coming to a close and it appears, uh, Memphis is done recruiting with a late, an, a late addition with a familiar last name. Uh, so we'll dive into that and then, uh, we'll get you ready for the home opener against VCU on Sunday. Uh, another game against a quality opponent for the Tigers, um, so, uh, should be, uh, should be fun, but Jason, let's start with the road game at St. Louis, the second game of the year. You were there. Um, the environment looked great. Uh, the Tigers at times didn't, you know, fell behind by as much as 15 with four minutes to go, but then, you know, had a chance late to tie the game, had the ball down three in the final minute. Uh, obviously couldn't get the job done. Um, what did you, how did you, what were your emotions coming away from the game? Did you feel, um, I guess, discouraged by the fact that, you know, at times they really didn't look that great? Um, or did you come away going, you know, I feel pretty good about this team. You know, they could have gotten blown out with the way that game was trending and they gave themselves a chance to win on the road against a really good, what appears to be a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't fault anybody who who has any sort of take. Like whatever your take is, after <laughs> after uh, we should we should also mention Mark uh, for clarity's sake that it is sort of late ish Wednesday afternoon as we are recording this. Um, mm-hmm. You're. People are probably going to listen to it sometime on Thursday, I would think. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, like, like that's my thought is like whatever take you have, however you feel uh, after that game, whether, if, you know, like you're, you're down in the dumps and you think the sky is falling. Um, if you think that Vanderbilt is just God awful and uh, that, you know, like that was just what, what happened their last week is just a result of that. Um, that's fine. Like, uh, not gonna, not gonna, like, you know, drag you across the carpet for it. Uh, but I'm also not gonna sit here and be like, uh, if you are, you know, encouraged by the fact that there were, like, I kept thinking throughout that game last night, they should be behind by a lot more than they are. Memphis mm-hmm. should be should be really getting sort of uh, handled 
in this game. And, and, you know, for, for decent stretches of time, they weren't, I mean, you know, there was a couple of runs that St. Louis had where they pushed the lead out to like 14 or 15 points. I think there was one, one, uh, stretch like that in the first half. And then Jonathan Lawson got him back in it. He, he and Jaden Hardaway kind of, um, you know, kickstarted a, a rally that, that kept the game from getting way out of hand in the first, in the first half. And, and then in the second half, it was just like a kind of a team effort there late. I mean, it was a 14-point deficit with 3.56 to go. And then I think they were trailing by two with like 20-something seconds left. And they were trailing by three with 19.1 seconds to play and had the ball. Uh, they got a look from Jaden Hardaway that didn't go down, a three-pointer that would have tied it that didn't go down. They get, you know, there's like this sort of scramble for the ball, you know, need good bounces uh, every so often, and they got a few of them. Uh, they've come away with the offensive rebound. Kendrick, Kendrick Davis tries a layup with 12 seconds to go that would have cut it to one. It didn't go down, and ultimately uh, St. Louis hit some free throws and pulled away. But um, for, for me, how I feel about you know where things are, how things appear to stand is – like St. Louis is a very, very good team. Like as we sit here today, like who knows what's going to happen, you know, from here on out. But but that St. Louis team is talented. They are deep. They are experienced. They are well coached. They are uh, just like very good. Like they're they're um, multifaceted. Like they've got high quality players in a whole bunch of different roles. You know, they've got the great, they've got the great, you know, point guard. They've got a really, really good shooter, outside shooter, a couple of them actually. Uh, and they've got a, an inside presence that is, you know, that was a lot for Memphis to handle uh, on the road, the second game of the season. So I, I am more so, I think in your camp, where you stand, you, your column that you wrote was basically, you know, like the sky is not, you know, all, it's not the end of the world. Like it was a, it, that's a really good St. Louis team. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity to get a win uh, that will more than likely be a quad one win at the end of the season. Yeah. You missed that opportunity, but like you didn't hurt yourself necessarily by losing that game. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I look at it also in terms of, you know, if you go over to KenPom.com, they got games listed as like, you know, A games, if you will. We don't know exactly the quads yet because the net rankings aren't really um, accurate yet. I don't even think they've released the first set yet. Um, But if you go by KenPom and what it classifies as an A game, the Tigers have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine A games on their schedule, Jason. And um, this was one of them. And so I kind of look at it as, you know, you're trying to be above 500 in those A games. And if you do that, you're probably in pretty good shape given the schedule Penny Hardaway put together. That's Mm -hmm. how I kind of look at it. And so, yeah, you know. You're 0-1 now in A games, but you got eight more, you know? Um, yeah. So, 
But no, that it, St. Louis team is going to give a lot of teams fits. And they're going to I mean, If you go by Ken Palm, it's the fourth toughest team Memphis will play this year. Only Houston, Alabama, and Auburn are ahead of them in the Ken Palm ratings right now. Like yeah. that was I, I took that game as two NCAA tournament teams playing yes. one another. Um yes. on and Memphis was the road team and lost. Like you yes. probably do most times when you're playing an NCAA tournament team in their building. Um and so but St. Louis's do you have St. Louis's schedule in front of you? Um yes, I do. Who do they have any other like, you know, sort of high profile non Yeah, they play teams? Maryland next actually, um on uh-huh. a neutral court. They play at Auburn later this month. Okay. Um that's yeah, that's kind of the extent of their like it's, major non-conference games. I mean, if I had to guess based on what I saw last night, you know, they're they're going to look like they belong in those, you know, lining, you know, lining up opposite of those those caliber teams. Not saying they're going to win those games necessarily, but they might. <laughs> I mean, cuz again, they 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 look the part. They look the part. They look every bit uh the you know, like what, what you think an NCAA tournament team should look like. Yeah. Now I will say, so like, you know, Memphis ultimately, like there were a few things that I think, you know, should be pointed out. And again, I would preface all this by saying, I feel the same way about Memphis today as I did yesterday before that St. Louis game was played. I think if they play really good defense and Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams stay healthy, they are going to be an NCAA tournament this team this year, and they're going to give Houston a run for its money in the conference. Okay? Yep. Last night, Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams, I would say this, out of the pair, out of that pair, it felt like only one was 100% healthy, DeAndre Williams, mm-hmm. and they did not play good defense last night. They gave up 90 points. It's the most points they've given up in a regulation game under Penny Hardaway since his first season. Okay. So many points, so many points in the paint. Yes. And you saw St. Louis expose some of this team's flaws. They're not flaw. They're flaws that I think can be concealed and, you know, flaws that can be covered up by the other things that this team is good at. Um, but they played right into St. Louis's hands by taking a bunch of three pointers that's what St. Louis wanted them to do. I know they made nine of them, but they took like 31, 33, something like that. 31, uh, yeah. Yeah, 31. That's way too many for the team. And as you pointed out, they got outscored in the paint, 40 to 30, and it was 24-8 at halftime. Um, that formula needs to be flipped for this team. Yeah. They need to be yeah. outscoring teams in the paint, and they on, they don't need to be taking more than 20, you know, like – they shouldn't really even be taking 23 pointers. It feels like, like that should be, you know, 30 is way past what given the type of shooters they have on this team. Um, so there's that, you know, I think you saw at the five position, they are relying on a couple unreliable players to man that position in Malcolm Dandridge and KO. Malcolm Dandridge gets in early foul trouble really was not, much of a factor after that finishes with six points, three rebounds, only played 12 minutes. Um, KO only plays seven minutes. 
Penny Hardaway clearly doesn't trust him. Chandler Lawson only plays 12 minutes. Like, basically, Penny, as the game wore on, you know, really felt like he had to go away from his fives, if you will. Um, yeah, so you saw- I think I think what you see there, right, is that he's leaning into the – I mean, they're playing from, you know, pretty significant deficits. They needed They needed some scoring. They, need, they yeah, needed some no, threes. But I, I'm not so sure – that's what, like, you know, I think maybe this team's best formula is playing, like, DeAndre Williams at the five and going smaller um, yeah. more often. And, you know, I don't know, you know, part of that press they put on at the end of the game was just a frantic finish. But, you know, it does make you wonder what would have happened if you started it a couple minutes earlier. You know, maybe, maybe you know, it's a fine line. It's nitpicking on the coaching part. Like, I think – Ultimately, that, you know, it is what it is. But you have that. Then you've got the fact that, you know, I mean, I don't blame Alex Lomax like some people do. But he was 0 for 8 in 29 minutes. um, And it just didn't feel like, it doesn't feel like pairing him with Kendrick Davis for an extended amount of time is it's certainly not. It just doesn't feel ideal. I think I don't blame Penny for doing it right now. It feels like it's out of necessity with Demare yeah. Franklin out. Um, but Jonathan Lawson gave showed you some really encouraging things in that game, and he's bigger. Um, and hopefully, they're getting Fra- they get Franklin back eventually, and that I think that solves a lot of this. You know, Alex Lomax goes back down to hopefully playing more like 20 minutes rather than 29 minutes. Um, but you saw, and I think it, it's portrayed in the defensive numbers, frankly, you know, they don't have the same sort of length on this team that they've had in previous seasons, particularly since KO is not really a major piece right now. Um, and so I think that played into the defensive performance. Um so there's that, all that, but that's all to say, you know, like I think fr- getting Franklin solves some of these issues. You know, I think defensively, you know, one, you know, Penny Hardaway has a proven track record. My guess is this will be more like a one game blip than sort of a sign of a bad defensive team. Um, they're going to, I think they're going to fix that. Um, but it just, it kind of showed you here's, here's where this team is deficient. Um, and it's not to say any of the deficiencies are big enough to prevent them from having a good season. Um, it's just with the schedule Penny Hardaway put together, I mean, this is what this is what he wanted, I think. You know, he wanted to know really quickly what his team has and what it doesn't. Um, and I think that St. Louis game, in some ways, you know, accomplished that in, in a weird way, even though they lost the game. I think you're now more aware if you're Penny Hardaway of, okay, here's what I need to be covering up. Here's what I need to be aware of. Here's where, you know, here's where I need to make adjustments. You don't necessarily get that playing against Mississippi Valley state. Um, And so that's part, that's, that all goes into my general feeling emotion coming out of this of, you know, like they'll be fine. They could have gotten blown out in this game and they didn't, they showed a lot of toughness and backbone and a lot of things that can be useful later on in the schedule. And again, with the schedule they have in non-conference play, 
they've given themselves some margin for error because there's a lot of tough games coming up, um, and you just got to win a few of them. Yeah, like to your point, I don't have the uh, transcription in front of me, but we talked to Kendrick Davis after the game, and he, like, it's one thing for, um, you know, for Penny and for the coaches to, you know, sort of like have this mentality of, um, you know, uh, this is why we scheduled the way we scheduled is so we, you know, we know, you know, this will help us down the road sort of thing, but it's an, it's another thing entirely to have your players and your leaders buying into that. And, uh, like I asked Kendrick very clearly, you know, like, um, you know, about how he feels, you know, walking away from from this game you know like what's what's he thinking about and he again i don't have the direct quote in front of me but it was something like you know we want this we we want for we want we welcome the fact that penny has sort of thrown us into the fire you know there's there's a bunch of new a bunch of us are new you know him he didn't list them but obviously and, and like i don't have to for anybody who's listening probably but there's him there's KO, there's Jonathan Lawson, there's um, who else? Keontae Kennedy, Elijah McCadden. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Anyway, doesn't matter. Bunch of new guys, throwing them right into the fire, back to back road games uh, at, at non cupcake, you know, non cupcakes. Uh, that, that game last night was the first of at least six out of the next, over the next course of the next month top 50 Ken Palm teams. And so, you you know, you're talking about a games before and that, that just sort of reinforces that. And he just was like, you know, the the point is the team is buying into this whole notion that Penny is like, you know, I'm getting them prepared um, for March and April. Like, you know, we, we scheduled up for a reason and, you know, it, it may result in a few more losses than, it otherwise would, but this is why we're doing it. So we can learn from things like this and be better for it in the end. Incidentally, before we move on, did you see that picture I sent you? Yes, it is of you sitting courtside at St. Louis, it appears. Yeah, last night. Do you, do you notice anything? I mean, like, our our seat was infinitely, the seat itself was infinitely better than what it was at Vandy. But, like, that guy who is standing on the chair that is... Oh, I see what you're saying. It's kind of like a... Like, this is what it's like at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Like, you're sitting... You get to sit really close to the action, but you basically have Cameron crazies. Like, their pelvis is, like, in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this guy was, like, directly beside me, and his foot was on the... Like, one foot was on the chair next to me. The other foot was on the desk. And, like, Mm -hmm. he's, like... He's like trying to hype up the student section, which is a foot and a half behind us. Um, so if I'm like talking louder today than I normally would, that's why. Because it was it like it was a really, really, really good environment. What's and, their know, student like, section called? Is it the Billiken Bunch? I, I, I don't know. All I heard was screaming all night long. Oh, okay. I did not hear. I did not hear like a label or a title or anything like that. But uh, they were rowdy. Uh, and boisterous. That's what they should be. The boisterous Billiken bunch or something like that. Cause they were that. And, uh, the Billiken, um, the Billiken bullies. 
Yeah, because well, don't even get me started on that. Like, I mean, like this is not exclusive to them, but they were bullying quite a few of the uh, quite a few of the Memphis Tiger players. I mean, like, and I don't I don't use that terminology lightly. There was a, quite a bit of bullying going on, but um, nice. but no, like it was uh, uh, it was like somebody <laughs> that picture was sent to me because like there were some people uh, in the in the stands who were just laughing at me being surrounded like i had there were cheerleaders in 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 front and they were in the way a lot of the times and like anyway it was it was a it was a if you you know like if you're if you're for the home team which i'm not for either team but if you're for the home team fantastic environment interesting i wanted to get your thoughts on this real quick before we turn our attention to recruiting and the vcu game um kendrick davis at 18 points. I thought DeAndre Williams played great in this game. Kendrick Davis seemed like he turned it on in the last five, six minutes, but otherwise was, you know, not totally, kind of like the Vanderbilt game, not, didn't seem like totally 100% to me. Bob Wenzel on the broadcast also mentioned it, sort of like, felt like he's missing that extra gear, if you will, um, at times. Um, is it something to be concerned about? this the ankle situation because we've now just completed what is probably the lightest portion of the schedule in terms of frequency of games for a while um do you think he is going you know this is do you think this injury issue is nagging him still what's your sense on that like and is it something to be concerned about you think at all moving forward you know it's not that he's it's not that it's limiting him a lot but it also feels like we have not seen 100% Kendrick Davis yet. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Penny just keeps kind of hammering home the, 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 the point that, you know, he's, he's really not practicing that much because he's got this nagging ankle issue. Um, like, I, I, you know, we have to take him at his word and, and, and assume that there is actually uh, something to that. And so, I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I certainly – Taking that into account, I certainly think that um, part of what we saw last night, you could certainly blame it on whatever he's going through with his ankle. But I also got the sense, and, and maybe I'm just completely off on this, but but I I, I kind of got the sense that Kendrick might have been um, the adrenaline, might have been really flowing for him last night Mm -hmm. i mean you know we had the comments last week so we knew kind of the way he was approaching this game from a mental standpoint the uh i'm a bad bleep her Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and and you know so like you know again maybe i'm just reading a little bit too much into it but i kind of got the sense that he was uh uh trying to do a little too much that uh, uh and that and that kind of yeah i mean he ultimately he like he's not playing bad he's just you know he's not playing at the same level he's not playing at an all-american level if that makes sense um, yeah we have we have not seen i think what you're trying to like what you're saying is that we have not seen the kendrick davis that we saw last season at smu when he torched memphis Yes. Like when he when he sing kind of not single handedly, but like he was he, he would like we haven't seen cooking Kendrick Davis 
games quite yet. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And, like, and I think that's just something to monitor because I think if you, this team was constructed around the, the fact that Kendrick Davis is a star, you know, like that's yeah. how this team was constructed. And so, um, they need him to be a, if they're going to successfully navigate through this tough schedule, ultimately, he's going to need to play like a star. Yes, yes, uh, they, they're definitely going to need it. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see if the Marie Franklin gets um, his waiver request approved. Uh, we'll see what type of effect that has on Kendrick Davis. Does that sort of like yeah. take some of the pressure off? Does it uh, allow him? Does it take some of the focus off of him, like the opponents, the, the opposing Probably defenses? Not. I think it more just helps. You have a bigger guy in the backcourt alongside him. You know, right. like I think that's where it's going to help. Um, what is the latest on that situation, Munz? The Quint, the Demarie so, Franklin situation. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, they submitted the mental health waiver to the NCAA because they got uh, they, they realized they were just they had hit a dead end with um, with uh, UIC and and you know hoping that they would um, play ball so to speak. Uh, you know they 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 weren't interested in helping anybody out, and uh, so they decided to submit the mental health waiver. Um, I've had multiple conversations with uh, Demarie's father Johnny um, about you know some of the some of the some of the like points that are going that, that that were made uh, in that you know uh, in that mental health uh, petition um, he, he lost a re- I think we've covered it some here but he lost a relative last year and that uh, really hit him hard and uh, uh, you know he's been seeing a therapist for a while and so um, they put all that in the in the thing that they submitted a couple of weeks ago. Um, I spoke to somebody uh, yesterday, so Tuesday, who told me that they that Memphis requested the NCAA to like sort of put a rush on this. Um, mm-hmm. you no, know, it could you know without that, it might take five to six weeks for them to to rule on it. With that. Uh, my understanding they have they don't like nobody's told them this nobody from the NCAA has said that it's definitely going to be within three weeks but they've talked to enough people who've who've gone this route who've told them that usually you know it could take anywhere from one to three weeks and the three weeks uh the three week mark will be early next week um and so yeah their 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 best guess is that it will be sometime in the next seven to ten days um so at 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 worst, they expect to hear whether it's one way or the other, whether, whether it's approved or denied. They expect to have some sort of resolution uh, on this before they go to, you know, before they play in Orlando, um, which the first game is is on Thanksgiving Day against Seton Hall next Thursday. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the latest on that. Gotcha. Well, hopefully, uh, maybe maybe by next week's podcast, we'll have. Uh more uh encouraging we'll we'll learn more about uh hopefully demaria will be available by then we shall see all right let's move real quick to recruiting jason it's the end of the early signing period uh as we record this only a couple hours ago memphis got its seventh commitment of this class from ashton hardaway penny hardaway's uh younger son uh the younger brother of Jaden hardaway 
Um, another three-star recruit, um, six-eight wing slash three slash four, good shooter. Um, was here a few weeks ago in Memf- the Memphis area for the to play with his high school team, where he plays with Bronny James out in California. Um, he was here over the weekend for an official visit. Um, it now gives Penny Hardaway a top five recruiting class in the country. I guess it was already probably top five, but it cements it as a top five recruiting class in the country for 2023. Um, obviously, it's not real shocking that Jaden, or excuse me, Ashton Hardaway committed to Memphis. I'm curious though, Jason, just your thoughts on the class overall. Seven guys is a lot of guys. Um, how do you see this roster being made up next year? Do all seven of these guys make it to campus? I mean, I think I, it's still somewhat early. Um, you know, like I think I think Memphis is probably banking on that. Um, I think they're prepared for that if it if it you know if it actually happens. Um, whether or not it does, we'll see. I mean, just last year, they had a guy uh, signed, Noah Bachelor, who, for like in one reason or another, got out of his uh, letter of intent and is now at Maryland. Um, so it wouldn't be like shocking if between now and next May, next June. Um, one or two of these signees of these commitments of these out of these seven um, doesn't make it. it. It wouldn't be a huge shock, I, I would say. Um, and it it could, you know, we like we may not know until next May or June, or we may know sooner than that. But um, but yeah, like either way, honestly, like if it's five or six or seven. Mm-hmm. End up coming here. That's quite a few freshmen compared to, especially compared to this past season when they when they just got the one uh, from from Spain. Um, so yeah. yeah, my gut it's, it's certainly going to be a, a not as experienced a team as this year's team, and my gut tells me it probably won't even be as it won't be as experienced as last year's team. But they're not going to be – ultimately, Penny's going to add some guys in the transfer portal. It won't be like that 2019-20 team. That was like all freshmen and sophomores. I don't think. No, 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 no. You're definitely right. Like they're gonna they're gonna go and get a big man out of the portal. I think that's priority number one at this point is to make sure they. Uh, I, I think that's. I think honestly, I think that's been the case all along. I think they've had their sights set on, or you know, their mind has been made up for a while that they were going to go. They were going to look for a big man in the portal, and that wasn't going to start until. Um, or, you know, it wasn't going to get resolved until the spring at the earliest. They, they um, had the junior college uh, sort of 6'9", big-ish, uh, power forward type guy, uh, Okichukwu Okiki. He visited back in September, and from the, even from as far back as before he visited, he told me that he was not going to be making any sort of decision until the spring. I think Memphis still likes their chances with him. Um, so that so that's a potential, you know, they're they're still not out um, on the JUCO market, but I do think that they're going to be looking to get, you know, one, two, three, something like that, uh, guys out of the transfer portal. Yeah, gotcha. Well, it should be uh, 
should be interesting. And then there's the whole, I, I don't know, the Bronny James thing seems to have cooled, um, but we'll see. He has He's going to probably decide in the spring or summer. Um, we'll see on that front, it feels like. Um, all right, let's turn our focus, last but not least, Memphis's home opener against VCU on Sunday, 4 o'clock at FedEx Forum. It's the first home game for this Tigers team. It'll also be the first home game for a new court. We're getting a new court that they're going to debut. Um, so that adds to some of the intrigue uh, of the day. VCU was picked third in the Atlantic 10, behind, right behind St. Louis. Um, they are currently number 89 in Ken Palm. We'll learn a little more about them tonight. They play Arizona State in a neutral in the Legends Classic. I believe it's in Anaheim. Um, no, it's new- in Brooklyn. Oh, it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then Excuse you see me. who they might. Pl- you see who they might play after that tomorrow night. Who's that? Either Michigan or Pitt, Mark. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, so we're right. gonna know a lot more about how good VCU is over the next two days. Um, but it's not like a you know, it's not a pushover home opener. Um, it's a team that. You know, still plays an aggressive style of defense. It's not quite, I don't think, the havoc that Shaka Smart utilized. But, you know, they're fourth in the country right now in defensive turnover percentage. Like, they turn team, they've, at least in their opening two games against Manhattan and Morgan State, they've turned them over a lot. Um, so, what about their offensive turnover percentage? Yeah, they're, they're, they're like... Memphis, previous Memphis team bad at turnovers so far, a 25.8% turnover percentage. Um, So that's not great. They're pretty young too. Um, So um, they do have a, a, they have a, speak of the devil, a Michigan transfer in Brandon Johns, um, 6'8", big man who will uh, be an interesting matchup for DeAndre Williams probably. Um, But all in all, it's uh you know, it'll be a night. It'll be another. It's not. You know, it's another good game to test yourself. You're gonna have to play well to win. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't think this will be a quad one win for you. Um, but it also, uh, and it's a game you should win. Frankly, um, right now Ken Palm's got it as Memphis winning by eleven. Um, it, it, you know, in its its projection, but it's a top one hundred team, so it's uh. It's no pushover. What do you make of it, Jason? Yeah, I mean, exactly that. Like, I mean, what do you, like, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking, like, would you rather have North Alabama? Would you rather flip those two and have North Alabama now and VCU later just because of how things played out yesterday and last week? Like, two tough road opponents. Would you rather come home and sort of get right? against North Alabama, which I think, I believe, is scheduled for November 30th, so the first game after the ESPN Invitational. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of on the fence. I kind of like having another – like, DCU may be 89th, and Memphis may be favored by 11, according to the Ken Palm uh, algorithm, but um, it's not – as you said, it's not going to be a pushover, uh, the Rams. and, and so yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like, I mean, listen, as long as, you know, I like tough schedules, 
unless they devour a team. And typically right. when they devour a team is when they're younger, not an older team like this. So like, I kind of like their schedule because it gives you margin for error. Like, I mean, it, I think it would be a bad, you know, whereas, you know, we're coming off the St. Louis loss and going, you know, it's okay. It's fine that you lost that game. I don't necessarily think that would be the vibe if you lost to VCU. I think that'd be no, disappointing. No. Yeah. But at the same time, if you lost the game, you've got games left to make up for it. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, so I would look at it that way. But this is a game they should win. I mean, yep. ultimately, you're getting VCU at home. It's your home opener. Uh, if they play well, they'll win. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what adjustments Penny makes. Will we see more, even more Jonathan Lawson uh, in this game? What will he do with his big rotation? Can Malcolm Dandridge rebound, you know, both figuratively and literally? Um, because it feels like they think he's their best big man. Um, and he might well be on his best nights. But how many of his best nights are they going to get? I think that's something you really got to monitor here uh, moving forward. Um, you know, will they figure out a way because I imagine VCU is going to take a similar approach to St. Louis and say, hey, you can have this three-pointer, you know, go ahead and shoot it. You know, mm -hmm. how do they maneuver through all that? Because um, I don't think the answer is take every three-pointer they give you. Uh, I don't think that's the answer <laughs> for this team. Um, yeah. Yeah. So interesting storylines. We'll have it all covered at commercialappeal.com. Make sure you're checking out our coverage. You got lots in the aftermath of the St. Louis game. Jason's got the recruiting, all the recruiting news you could ever want. Um, we'll have an interesting piece up here later in the week uh, that you don't want to miss about Memphis's recruiting. So a lot of uh, things to look forward to, including that home opener on a new court, hopefully a non-explicit home basketball court, uh, Jason. Yes, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We don't have any... Uh, male genitalia this time um the un unintended imagery yes exactly um till next week i was mark that was jason uh, hopefully we'll see you out at fedex forum on sunday afternoon the tiger basketball podcast is a production of the commercial appeal